0: Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Message, Enneagram 6, Life Coach for 6s. Today's episode, I have on for the second time, Erin Adonizio of Empathy Architects. The first time I had Erin on when we talked about Trifix, I did not give her a proper introduction and so I wanted to remedy that today. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her just so that you know how awesome she is before you head into the episode where we get into all things instincts and of course specifically these subtypes of six. It's a really great episode, lots of detail. I think you're gonna love it. Okay, so more about Erin. Erin Adonizio is a seasoned Enneagram teacher and coach. She has two master's degrees from the University of Oklahoma. One focuses on counseling and personal personality psychology. The other is in public administration, specializing in nonprofit management. So two, two master's degrees. She started her career with her own professional organizing business and also worked, had her first Enneagram job at Enneagram Explorations. Over the years, her responsibilities expanded, and she had a decade long tenure as a freelance business consultant and project manager. And one of those clients was Catherine Favre Consulting. So she and her best friend and business partner, Sterlin Mosley, co-founded Empathy Architects in January, 2020. So that put her in Enneagram work on a full-time basis. And beyond that, she serves as the executive director and co-founder of Central Oklahoma Ballet Theater. And she's also a Reiki master, apparently, which I have not talked to her about. So basically, Erin is amazing. She embraces a holistic approach to the Enneagram coaching, incorporating lots of different systems and therapeutic modalities. She's got a lot going on. (laughs) Also, they put together a bundle if you want to go deeper into Trifix and instincts that link will be in the show notes for a discounted rate okay now you know all the things not all the things a lot of really cool things about Erin please enjoy this episode and if you want us to talk about other Enneagram things send me a message and we are excited to do podcasts about all the topics so don't hesitate to let me know what you want to hear Okay, sixes. I'm back with Aaron Adonisio, Empathy Architects in the house. Is that like a 90s throwback to say in the house? I don't know when. It's fine. I prefer that. Okay. Okay. Aaron's in the house. We are talking instincts today, which I'm so excited about. This is such a hot topic when people come to the Enneagram, right? It's like, what's my type? And then, What's my subtype? Yep. And subtype is defined by our sort of stacking of the three instincts. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to focus on six, of course. And we're just really going to dig in. So you'll present... I feel a little more... Okay, unlike the Trifix episode, I feel a little more equal in the sense that I've studied instincts a ton as well. I'm still... Considering you the expert in the room, just so you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no but Hopefully I'll have things to add. We'll see. And I want us to just really like get into it as much as we can yeah. to help people understand this and to find themselves in it. So yeah, expert start. Aaron, is there anything you want to say before we start? I don't think so. There's not a whole lot of setup right. on this one. It's just let's tackle it. Let's tackle it. Okay. I'm excited. Let's do it. Take take it away. Okay. Well, um,
1: we don't really know exactly how the instincts came to be part of the Enneagram, oh. but here they are. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so from my understanding, um, and my reading, Echazo mentions the instincts, um, but the way he refers to them, he's talking about the centers. Oh. And so that's where we begin our journey. Okay. okay. Um, he has different names for them. Like now we know them as gut types, heart types, and head types. Mm-hmm. Um, but Etchazo calls them, the gut types are the conservation instinct. Yep. And the head types are the adaptation instinct. And the heart types are the relation instinct and so he does talk about them in a similar way that we
0: would talk about the instincts but they kind of they're it's like the different that's so interesting okay and that kind of makes sense like okay. I feel I feel the truthiness in that okay that's interesting yeah but then, and then we it got adapted at some point
1: yes Naranjo did that for us um which as I Sterling, love when you
0: and Sterling call him Papa Naranjo. I don't. That's have, what I was about
1: to say. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. You see, you know me too well. <laughs> I was about to say, as I lovingly refer to him, Papa Naranjo, Papa Naranjo. Mm-hmm. took all of these kind of um, what I would consider. Itchazo had a little bit more of an abstract idea of these concepts. They were, like, theoretical, and he was playing with these ideas. Mm. And Naranjo said, hey, I'm a psychotherapist. Let's make this psychological, and let's keep it to where it matches very linearly with people's drives and motivations. Let's make something more neurotic out of it.
0: Okay. I just want (laughs) to highlight, like— because Papa Naranjo is so appropriate for the fact that you just described why he is the father of the Enneagram of Personality, which is a yes. specific way we all mostly have come to the Enneagram and yes. sort of the Enneagram that we are working with. He really did adapt it from Echazo.
1: Yes, and I say that
0: well. Do you think
1: perfectly? Okay, good, gold star. <laughs> and My there history. are there are definitely teachers that concentrate more on the history, or yep. even teachers that really specialize in Chazo and mm-hmm. you know, or there's the narrative Enneagram. There's so many different ways that we look at it. Right. But I would say I am more specifically tuned into Naranjo's Enneagram of Neuroses.
0: I am too. And the neuroses is the other thing that I wanted to pick up on because we both think of the Enneagram and teach it in a way where it's like, let's look for the neuroses, the blind spot, the parts that get in the way, which a lot of people, I think this is a little bit of a tangent, I guess, but people come to the Enneagram and they're like, ow, it hurts. I don't like it. What's good about me? And I think we share this philosophy that that's just not the point of this particular tool is it's real gift is to reveal your neuroses, your blind spots, where your personality is getting in the freaking way of your life. Yes? Perfect. Okay, great. It's almost like you've taken a class. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about. I'll get there. <laughs> okay. No, that's exactly how I would say it. Yeah. And and that, um, of course, in coaching, there's softness around that right there's like holding the human and all all of these things so there's like the teaching and then there's coaching which of course we both do and today we are teaching so it's gonna so it's gonna sting a little bit yeah i hope i hope we can get to some of those stingy bits okay but it's it's like a
1: good it's a good stinging
0: you know it's like
1: we're pouring alcohol on the i wasn't gonna say we're pouring alcohol on the wound but that's actually i don't think medically accurate
0: oh you're not supposed to do that I guess okay, not. this is we are not doctors. We are do not take <laughs> do not pour alcohol in your wounds. That's right. Don't take medical advice from us. But but that sting of like clarity. Yes. Sting of um clear knowing recognition. Yeah. Okay. We're clearing yeah. clearing you out for truth. <laughs> oh that's really good. Which, hello, sixes. This is we are truth seekers. Yeah. So I really believe six at its core does want this information even more than some other numbers. And I know there's a lot of six stuff that can get in the way of really wanting truth, but I really also think this is part of our type. Oh
1: yeah. This is our slash and burn agriculture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Truth. Okay. So where should we
0: start? Great question. Let's start with self self-pres. self-preservation. Okay. Well, first, let's say there's three. Yeah. Self-preservation, social, sexual. Yes. Let's let's do the, the bigger theory. We lead with one. It's the dominant. Yeah, go into that part.
1: So the way Naranho describes it is that it's kind of like an auxiliary passion. So when you have the instinct coming together with the type and the fixations, the passions, the virtues, all of that, that's what creates subtype. Okay. Um, But the instinct itself, we have all of them. Yep. Um, And ideally they would be what what he used to refer to as unbound, meaning that we would be able to call up any instinct we need in the moment yeah. use it appropriately, and then release and move on and just
0: keep doing that cyclically. Okay. <laughs> I want you to say that again, because here's what happens. People come to the instincts and they're like, what am I? Mm-hmm. It becomes this whole weird identity thing, which that's what we're doing with all the the Enneagram pieces so frequently. So what we miss in that is what is the goal? So say what you just said again, cause it was really cool. So ideally. Ideally, all of our instincts
1: would be unbound, okay. meaning that we would be able to use them as needed and then release whatever attachment we have. So instead of getting stuck in a point of view of one mm-hmm. of them, It's like, okay, I'm in a social situation. Let me call that up and use it freely. Oh, now it's time for lunch. There's my (laughs) self-prez. Let me enjoy that and restore my body. And then, okay, now I have a meeting. It's time for one-on-one connecting and forming a deeper bond with someone. And that's my sexual. And then just using them all as... They instinctually come up rather than attaching
0: or clinging to a position. Which is what we end up doing is we exactly. over subconsciously. Of course, none of this is conscious to us. What we want to do is bring it conscious. We subconsciously cling and over-focus to a certain instinct strategy set. Yes. That's our it's, dominant one. Our it's one. just like Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. Um
1: there's some kind of wounding that happens at some point in childhood. And rather than it being that that wounding creates the focus, it causes us to see things through that lens because that's the one that becomes distorted. So there's a need that isn't met. yeah, And then we believe that we have to focus in that area or we will not get the need met.
0: We have to focus on it, focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. Yes, that's what we think. Yeah, not that we have to like consider it occasionally, but that we get, yeah, over-focused on it. Okay, so that's the one that sort of is in front. Yes. We'll get into how that doesn't necessarily mean we have a good relationship to it. Like this isn't like a great thing necessarily, but it's the one we unconsciously over-focus on. Yes. And then there's like a middle, mm-hmm.
1: um, and you know, different teachers, different schools of thought have different ideas about all of the instincts and exactly how they manifest, exactly what they mean. Um, but Which I is think very hard for sixes
0: because we're like, yes. who's right. Who's the right authority? I mean, I have gotten more twisty about instincts than any other enneagram.
1: Oh really? Subset.
0: Yes, absolutely. Totally. Okay. So I love been, the instincts. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna go with how you teach it. But yeah, I just that's hard for us because we wanna know the authority to follow on this. Yeah, exactly. So sorry, go ahead with the middle.
1: Um, I my perception of the middle instinct and this is kind of, it's more in alignment with the tradition I came from, which I learned from Catherine Favre. Um, So some of this is based on her research, mm-hmm. but that the middle instinct is more balanced. Um, yeah. It's typically more comfortable for us, uh, less distorted. We can almost be arrogant about it in the sense of feeling like it's kind of taken care of. I don't need to give it too much attention If I need to do this, I can show up. It'll happen. I'm not worried. Yep.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: And then the last. And then the last one. And I do want to say there's a lot of people that say the term blind. Yep. Um, It's a very old persistent term that isn't really accurate. So I hope those of you that have picked that up will consider switching your verbiage um, I, I echo I can, this
0: very much, very okay. much.
1: Yep. I consider the last one to be what I would call young. So it isn't blind. It's not that you can't do it or that you don't see it or that you're awful. It just means that it needs maturing. Yep. So sometimes when we're engaging in the last one, it's kind of like, what is going on? Like, why do I feel weird? Why do I feel clunky? Am I doing this right? And sometimes we need feedback from other people to find out, like, did I suppress okay?
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. The reason that I like this framing so much better than blind is because it is human. It's truthy. It actually makes sense. It's not like, I don't know, something to say to sort of cause, like, fear and alarm and attention which i think is what the whole blind thing really does we can figure this out yes we can do work here it's it's yes. it's okay and and i don't know that we've talked about this so i'm curious your thoughts on this when we think about where to do the work it's this focus on your blind instinct integrate your blind instinct blah 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 whereas i just don't know that i that it seems like we might actually want to do more work on that first over focus I don't know what's your thoughts on that
1: oh I absolutely agree with you I okay. think okay cool working on your dominant instinct because it's the one that is sending you over the edge you it's know so- this is why you're sweating in the middle of the night and you can't stop thinking and you're melting down and having panic attacks or maybe that's just me I don't know, <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm like in.
0: nodding along. Like, oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'll be yeah. such actually a good way to hone in, right? What is the area that does keep me up at night? That's a really yep. good question. Okay. That's such a good question. I've never like asked that before. Yeah. Okay. So good. It's in our content. It's in our content, meaning what we talk about, what we're thinking Mm -hmm. about, what we're focusing on. Yes, it's in our content. Totally. Okay. Yeah. These are like primal, um,
1: hindbrain survival mechanisms. And so to other people that don't share our instinct, it's like, hey, maybe don't freak out so much about one thing. And But when it's our instinct, it's like, no, but I am going to die if I don't have my afternoon coffee.
0: That's right. And then when you put that with six. Yes. It's like, I am going to die. Yes. If I don't. Yeah. X, Y, Z. This is an emergency. Oh my gosh. When you just said afternoon coffee, I definitely thought of my husband. Okay. Let's... (laughs) We won't won't bring him into this too much, but it's also interesting how we pair. Mm -hmm. Like what subconscious, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. Let's get into it. Self-press six. Okay. Self-press six. Um,
1: so I will say in my perception, self-press six is the subtype that I think Naranjo maybe struggled with the most. Um, and I say so humbly, you know, yeah. hats off to Papa. Right. Um, I think, I don't know if maybe there was a specific uh, trifix that he was working with, and maybe that colored the perception, oh. but he painted it very softly. So the way we've all heard um, of the self Press Six as kind of just this ball of worry— uh, very neurotic, but warm and just so sweet and kind and, you know, just Sally Field. Yeah. In, totally. in a movie in the 80s, you know,
0: just cute as pie. And um, it's it's the way six has been caricatured in yes. so many memes and all the things. And it's why so many sixes struggle to find their way to six because it's really distorted and yes a mess yeah it's cute and precious basically cute and um, precious yeah
1: mm-hmm. so the main point he made about self-press six was that he felt that they kind of became financially dependent uh, for security okay and while that can be true um I would think of all of these as having a dichotomy so they can all go either way um I think that can be true, but what I see more often is that the self-prez six is the grittiest of the sixes.
0: I agree with you. Ugh, and it hurts because oh, I'm self um <laughs> immature. <laughs> so you've seen this then with your clients? Yeah. With the self-pres. I would say their sense of themselves is not that, but what I right. objectively look at in their life is exactly what you're saying. This grit, this keep going, this just like never giving up. And yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's a toughness to the self-press six. Yep. Um, it's like, these are my people, this is my stuff and I'm gonna guard it with my life. And that's where the loyalty gets channeled. Um, so they can really be fierce like a like a wildcat protecting its cups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they are docile, um, they can be very warm. Um, but it's kind of this dichotomy of warmth and coldness. So if you're not in, you're out. You're not trusted. And you don't get the
0: warmth. See, that just hurt my heart because <laughs> of my own instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So this, these are your strategies primarily, Yes. Yes. Okay, so say more about that ability to, like, cut off. Like, I do not have that. <laughs> I'm okay. working on growing this. Because it's not just about the stuff and the comfort and the food and the money. It's about there's a this protective piece, which is this the six coming in? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Oh, this it's is- both working, to kind of working together.
1: So this is where the subtype comes together. Um, and in self-press six, uh, the search for security and safety comes through what would be thought of as like a family. Um, and that can be of your own creation. So maybe it's, totally. you know, two or three friends, maybe it's your grandma and grandpa, whatever you've created as your family, those are your people. Yep. And if something happens to them, you'll be fiercely protective. But also if someone transgresses that, someone within the family makes you feel like you're not safe or secure, that's when cutoff can happen because it's like, I can't have the dangerous thing living inside my den. So Mm. I gotta
0: push it out. (laughs) Is that also six? Because I I resonate with that, what you're saying. There's also that like, once you have transgressed, Something is going to happen.
1: Yes, that's very common. Sixes tend to do that. Um, When they feel untrusting or unsafe with someone, they can very quickly cut off and sometimes too quickly.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, Without
1: giving proper consideration or discussion, they can project that it's something
0: worse than it really is and cut off. Yeah. That's right. And is that more likely... With self-pres, maybe what we're saying. And I don't want to go too far into the behavior. I know it can be tricky because this also sounds social to some degree, that like in, out. I think the self-pres, it can just be a
1: harsher closing of the door, if that makes sense.
0: That does make sense.
1: Because it's like you're in the warmth of the fire and then you're out in the cold.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Door slamming. it's really, I think, useful and important to bring this out because you're right, the, set, the um, stereotype of self-pressed six is not that. Yeah. It doesn't have the sort of sharp, edgy bit. It's like, oh, I'm self-pressed. I'm phobic. I wouldn't hurt a fly. Okay, I also have some sixes see themselves that way, which mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder, is this just a blind spot?
1: I mean, I, in my point of view it's not correct that sixes are either phobic or counterphobic. I think we are all both I agree. and we can vacillate, um, but many of us will kind of tend to adopt um, one of those orientations will work for us more often than another. Um, but any phobic six can turn up and go counterphobic and any, you know, blustery counterphobic six can get scared and avoid something.
0: It's a little bit of a tangent, but I just have to ask: Do you also? This sounds like a leading question. Do you also agree? Do you do you also think that some sixes will just disown that aggressive piece, though? Like in themselves, Absolutely. like they don't see themselves as having that ability to attack and cut off and whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I see that all the time.
1: Yeah, okay. I think that happens more often um, with two. Or nine
0: or two and nine together. In the trifix. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Thank you for those. See, this is oh, it's so good. It's so good how it all comes. I know. Through. I love this. I know. Okay. What else do you want to say about self-pres? Let's get into the actual specific zones of concern. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna describe just self-pres a little bit in general and then yep. we'll kind of come back into the six. Perfect. Um so the self-pressed instinct kind of corresponds to the gut center or the conservation instinct, um, which Naranjo calls, uh, he says the energy is kind of in the belly. And it's, I am my body. I must take care of myself to ensure survival. Mm. Um, so the fear is not surviving. And then the dichotomy there would be either being cautious or reckless. Um, so this is kind of what you were talking about earlier. Everyone doesn't show up in their dominant instinct being amazing at it and loving it. Hmm. Um, it, it can, it can look either way. So sometimes what can look like someone's not very good at that doesn't mean that it's not their dominant instinct.
0: Okay. I, (laughs) this part is so hard. And it sends all of us sixes into a tizzy because how the hell are we supposed to figure this out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, this is what is kind of painful about this. Dominant instinct doesn't mean, oh, this is where I'm great in life. It just means this is where I over-focus. I could be doing some great things there. I could not be knowing what the heck I'm doing there. So. So I think, you know... I remember
1: Naranjo said your instinct is a weakness that can look like a strength. And so sometimes and people will see this quality like, oh, she's just so good with people. You know, everyone likes her and she balances all these social dynamics and she's involved and accomplished. And it probably is social, but someone can also be the opposite of that and be disgruntled and against everything and not participate and that can still be social if that's what they're preoccupied with so we would need to know the person's level of attachment to that area or is it just something they neglect because they
0: literally don't care about it okay which is that's more of the immature yes i neglect it because i just don't care about it i'm not oriented to its importance
1: exactly i don't value it yeah Why am I, why am I required to do this? Let me
0: just kind of toss that back. Totally. That's how I feel about food. Like it's so annoying that I have to eat. (laughs) Such a pain. I mean, it is honestly. Yeah, that's just true. Okay. Um, So, okay. That's super helpful. Let's do the zones. What are the concerns of self-press? What are we focusing on? Um, so this,
1: it does vary by subtype um, and sometimes greatly. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is a wide net we're casting, but. Wide net. Everyone just breathe. If if you don't identify with this and you think you're self-prez, you might still be self-prez. Um, so preoccupations for self pres can be anything related to mortality. So, um, time, energy, finances, um, essentials, diet, health, well-being, um, supplies, hoarding, sensuality, uh, physical comforts, conveniences—all of these are things you can focus on if you're self-pres. Anything that would bring uh, soothing comfort to your body, or provide you with more vitality or longevity.
0: Wow. Pleasure? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sensual pleasure.
0: Sensual pleasure, which can be eating or snuggling or yep. any of those things. Yeah. Okay. And also mortality, that's going to be a tricky one for sixes because mm-hmm. we're all afraid we're going to die if right. something <laughs> goes amiss yes so when we wrap six into it it's like what are the areas that we're over focused on yes surely i will die if such and thus thing doesn't happen to your point about the afternoon coffee i think you know
1: all sixes do kind of have this existential death concern yes yes um but i think for the other instincts it's a little less um accessible than it is to yeah. the self-press. Um the self-press is just directly facing that and saying, I don't want to get old, I don't want to age, decline, die, have physical ailments, like let me take care of that now and try to prevent the pylon later. Um, whereas the other instincts are focused on other things. And so it's it's like in the back of Of their
0: awareness. It's not quite as like salient. Okay. This is why I struggle, Erin. Because I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm self (laughs) pressed Instincts can send me into doubt, like I said, more than any other thing. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about this one?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, I will say... I, I know this feels like it's a little bit of a tangent. Um, we tangent around here. The self-press six has, you know, anxiety and worry are things we discuss a lot with self-press six um, and all sixes. But the self-press one also has anxiety and worry. And so they are lookalikes. You know, we won't go into that now, um, but they can be very similarly focused Behaviorally. Um, okay. but they're coming from a different place. Totally. So
0: okay. Yeah. okay. What what do I want to say? Because is it true? All sixes have anxiety and worry. Yes. Yes, as we know. The bonus piece here is there can be a lookalike with self-pres one. Yes. Okay. And also if that's in your trifix. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you have six and one. Yes. And lead with self-prez. So, you might have some bonus worry about these particular areas. Yeah, it's like a gift with purchase. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's okay. like anxiety squared. Anxiety squared in these areas. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, what is, give me an example. From your life, I know this is putting you on the spot. So maybe you'll be like, no, I don't want to. Or nothing comes up. But like, what is an example of this for you? What's something that you talk about a lot, that you think about a lot, that just like has oh your focus?
1: Um, well, I'll just go ahead and embarrass myself here. Please. Um in 2018 I got very sick and found out that I had autoimmune. Mm. So I have lupus and ever since then I spend way too much time talking about like the new treatment I'm trying a supplement, you know, I'm I'm doing infrared light and that's helping or like, you know, my neck doesn't hurt as much this week and I think it's because of this. And I'm sure everyone in my life is like, you've, I think you got it. Like you, the treatments are great. You're taking care of yourself. You're doing it, but Except it never other
0: sixes in your life, I imagine, are like, tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> Give me all the information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. the self-pressed ones, the other ones are like, um, no, thanks.
0: <laughs> okay. 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 That's good to know. I'm cataloging that because I do feel okay can we talk quickly about zones the way that the way that Russ Hudson teaches it is that there are zones effectively kind of like three zones per instinct and there could be a zone even in our immature instinct that we aren't that we don't suck at or that it shows up quite a bit so the reason I'm getting twisty here is because I did not feel that way until I had children, the whole health thing mm. blew into my face and life. So maybe you can just interpret it from your perspective because ever since then, it's been, you know, I have to stay alive because I have to keep my children alive. I have to make sure that, you know, we are doing all of the, I mean, I've gone down all the rabbit holes of right. health and wellness and whatever. I mean, I think all those rabbit holes are also sexy traps, um, probably based on our instincts. So what would you, what do you, what say you about that? I feel like that might just be
1: making you more aware of it. Like, so something that maybe was more in the back of your mind now that you have kids, it's bringing out the self
0: president focus. Um, right, That which, which so, just makes sense, which is the other reason I like the way that you frame it so much more than blind, like as if yeah. I couldn't access that. Right. It's like, no, I just know it's important. Well, I mean, you were still alive, so you were using it. Exactly. Okay, that's a really <laughs> good point. Okay, yeah. that's helpful, though. It's like, of course, also, I became a mom, so of course, Yeah. health and living.
1: <laughs> well, I mean in order for them to be okay,
0: you need to be okay. So yeah, that's right. Okay. That, that helps me. Should we pivot to social? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. Okay.
1: So let's talk about social six. Yep. Um, social six is kind of the classic six that you're going to read about. Um, if you're reading about the warm mousy six, that's self-prez, but a lot of times you hear this term the Prussian 6. Um Prussian? Yes. Oh gosh. In, in a lot of the literature, um more the older older stuff, um the Prussian 6 is kind of that classic rigid company man, military 6 that's ready to take orders and execute. Got it. Um So this is traditionally the dutiful 6. Um but Naranjo talks about how they're also the most intellectual, um, this is the scholarly six. Oh. And I don't think a lot of people realize that the social six um, can manifest that way. Mm. Um,
0: so it's a little nugget. That helps me accept it a little bit. So full disclo- full disclosure, listeners, I have gone back and forth between social sexual. I've been told different things. By experts, mm-hmm. authorities, so it's tricky. And I also notice I have resistance against social first because of the stereotype mm-hmm. of the dutiful company man in and out, very uh, belief bound. Yeah, because I don't see myself that way. So there's a lot of blind spots for me in social. Anyway, that's part of what you'll hear as we continue on is I'm obviously always trying to figure myself out. I do like the scholarly bit. I'm not gonna, that. I'm like, well, well now. <laughs> now we've arrived. Okay. I'm here. Now we have arrived. Okay, that's good. Carry on.
1: So I would say that along with the self pressed six, I think maybe that's, it is a kind of social six. But usually that's like the 631, the 639, um, specific Mm trifixes. And they're being described as though it's an entire instinct, which isn't totally accurate. Um, So things like fellowship, that's really important for the social six, Mm -hmm. Um, having your people. And yeah. feeling supported by some kind of, it doesn't even have to be a group. It can be an ideology or a school or even, um, you know, a basis of study. It, it just, yeah. it depends.
0: I think about when I came out of coaching school and I took to all of the tools that I was taught. Like I'm literally that coach that's like, these tools changed my life. Like that is, I am the epitome of that person. So then I felt so confident as a brand new coach because I had these very specific tools. I mean, I can hear it as I'm saying it. So I was so confident because of my attachment to what I thought were things that just worked for everyone. So Mm -hmm. I really had a false sense of confidence as a new coach, because turns out not everybody resonated the same way with the tools I had. Weird. (laughs) Uh, But now I'm looking back at that. And I have considered this in the past that like, that actually does really fit the social subtype that I was like, phew, right? I got this certainty. I'm air quoting. Mm -hmm. I got this faux certainty and confidence because I was attached to a belief set. Now it wasn't like a, you know, religious type of belief set but it really was very beliefy in its framework so so i can see that and then very quickly i was like oh no you know houston we have a problem because it's all different in real life right yeah but i can see like I i felt so secure so new is because i was attaching to something that wasn't me but was really what you're describing no, that's
1: a perfect example, and I love it because it's not dogmatic, right. and it's not like, you know, I have to be Mennonite to be a right. social six, or like, yes. it's, it can be anything. It's right. just, I want to have an idea of what is expected, and I can follow that. It's like a rubric, you know, it, and it can change depending on as as different sixes are more dogmatic than others. Some are more open-minded. And so that's going to vary depending on lots of other factors. Um, But it doesn't have to be,
0: this is one way and this is it. It can change. Yes. The other piece, I think to flesh that out a little bit, is when I started to realize the tools I had weren't working with everyone, it caused me great angst. Mm -hmm. Because that is when I had to develop my own art, right? I had to become a coach as opposed to just like plug person into this tool and get results. But it created so much anxiety for me when I started to realize, uh uh-oh, I can't just rely on these external things. So I think both that like faux confidence and certainty, as well as, Oh, if I don't have that, how angsty and uncomfortable. Same with like people and friendships and relationships. It's like, if those go sideways for me, I am not about to easily cut someone out. No, it is. It's a whole drama. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Okay. That is, okay. I'm getting there. That's I'm getting the journey. There. I mean, what you've really spelled out is like a mini version of the journey for social six to come from looking outside at, tell me what I should do Yeah, to learning. I mean, and for all sixes, learning to rely on your own insights and judgments and say, like, this is okay. It doesn't have to be what someone else says. I can decide.
0: I can decide is literally like anyone who works with me eventually has like a little version of me that lives on their shoulder and is like you get to decide you get to decide <laughs> and almost every time it's like there it breaks their brain as it still breaks my brain when I'm really hooked yeah it's like but that's you the mean? medicine I get to Decide. I know it's the medicine it is the medicine for all of us it really 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 is yeah that's okay. what we need <laughs> yeah I yes. think I just had the moment of clarity. I really do. I think I just had the the clear moment that that is my dominant one. But
1: well, also, there, go ahead. There is this element of being a social enforcer.
0: Oh, ooh, do tell. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: um, the social six is the six that wants to make sure people follow some set of rules or um, ethics that keep things cohesive. Um, so that's why, like, you know, police work or, um, HR, things like,
0: or like a where, priest, even like a, like a religious, um, person, would that? I mean, it's not out of the realm of
1: possibility. Uh huh. Um, I think that tends to be slightly more attractive to like nines and ones. Okay. Fair enough. Um,
0: but, Sixes like to enforce. I mean, I don't.
1: You know, this I don't know a better so way to say it. So
0: true. Okay, <laughs> this is this is my underbelly coming out. Let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah. I've told I you mean, some stories of my younger days.
1: I think all sixes can enjoy kind of laying down the gauntlet and being like, "Look, you broke the rules. So, where here's the consequences." Um, But the social six likes it the most. They like to be the arbiter of justice.
0: (laughs) I can't even speak. It hurts. It's so embarrassingly (laughs) like on the nose and learning to let that go. And also probably why I paired so lovely with a one, right? You can imagine, Mm -hmm. especially in our early days, our conversations were just so freaking full of how we knew how everything should go. And it was so obvious and, you know, what's wrong with people, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Really for both of us, that journey of, wait, maybe we don't see the whole picture. Maybe other people can be who they are in the world. Like that's just been wild for both of us for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, and that's, That's social six. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a lot. That's intense. Yep. Social enforcer. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, um, it's an energy that I can feel turn on. Yeah. So thankfully, because I can feel it turn on, I know how to turn it off, dial it down. You know, I'm making a, you can't see, but I'm making like a twisting motion with my hand, like, cause I can feel it hook in my chest, like a pull, that awareness kind of why we're talking about all this, allows me to not do that. That's to instinct work. Everyone in my life. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're turning the volume down on it because it's like a loud voice that screams at you yes. all day long. And a lot of instinct work is just turning it down and telling yourself, I'm gonna. I'm not going to die. It'll I'm be
0: fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And also um, noticing when it's thoughts about myself too. I mean, the other thing about this one is the internal, you better follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Also buffered by a one fix on myself, good times. Mm-hmm. But I better follow all the social rules. I can't screw up in a relationship. I can't make any errors lest I be cast out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, ca- the being cast out or not
1: included is a more powerful and upfront focus for the social. Whereas like, I may not be walking around thinking about that, but if I find myself in a situation where I feel like I'm gonna be cast out, I'm like, whoa, what's this?
0: I don't like that. Yeah. So one of the ways that we talked about catching awareness around this is what are the thoughts? Like when we wake up at 3 a.m. Yes. What is the content of those thoughts? So, so preoccupations for social
1: mm-hmm. um, will be things like um, admiration, pecking order, clubs, rankings, causes, superiority, glory, um, gatherings, fame, Not like anything. Any words coming
0: out of your face right now.
1: <laughs> hierarchical. <laughs> um and you know, we haven't even talked about positive and negative instincts. I don't want to go on a tangent here, but it can also be not that, not those things. Just do a couple examples. Um, I think I always think of like punk culture. Um yeah. it's a counterculture movement mm-hmm. that says, you know, we don't want to go along with okay. the establishment. I have I have the example.
0: I have the example. It's literally on a sticky in front of me because I was like, do not forget to say this when you're talking to Aaron. So I was talking to my husband just two nights ago, and we were talking about whatever people stuff. And I said, I'm not skeptical enough of people, individuals. And I said, and what's wrong with me? I'm a six. And he said, You are skeptical of institutions. And social mores, not individuals. And he said, right. "And I'm the opposite." And I was just like, "Yes." So I present that to you as an yes. example of what you're talking about. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that so is that's- inherently. I'm like, screw these systems, these institutions. They're bad for all. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. So you would describe that as a negative. Uh, say it how you said it. I just think I'm correct, but you would say it. (laughs) I mean, so
1: sixes can kind of be social critics. Um, But I think if you look at the focus of it, you can see their instinct coming out. And the social six is going to be more likely to speak out. Um, And... That's what I would call a negative identification with social. So rather than looking for institutions to help you make decisions and to lead you where you're going, you're defining yourself as outside of those. That's correct. Yes.
0: Yes. So this is interesting too, because it sounds like you can have both things going on because my social Mm -hmm. life is very healthy. I have my core group, kind of what you're describing. I have my core group of people. I feel very, you know, safe and connected and all the things with them. But when it comes to, and then, of course, the belief systems that I've utilized, etc., that's all been very helpful. But then I also have this side of me that is very negatively identified with social stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. like both can be true? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's complex.
1: I mean, but I think going back to people paying attention to their content, um think about what you're focused on you know that little voice that nagging voice in your head that's like check in on people I mean that's for the social it it is it's checking in on people and it's getting an overview how have you been give me the bullet points okay it sounds like you're good let me check on someone else you don't do that I do
0: not (laughs) oh interesting okay that's a really good example Okay, so 3 a.m., you wake up. What captures you? Oh, I'm like,
1: the air is so dry in my room. I have to turn the heat down. I need to put nose spray in. If I'm going to fall back asleep, I need to put magnesium oil on. Let me get my cooling blanket so I don't overheat. I have like 50 pillows for everything. I mean,
0: it goes on and on. Okay, so if I wake up at 3 a.m., it's... uh. Are the kids actually doing okay? You know, are are you missing all the big things in their life? Is that client mad at you? Is da 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 da? It's it's definitely people.
1: I also can do the like you did or said the wrong thing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean that's you know, just anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's just you know having two types that are neurotic enough to want to correct themselves all the time. Um, that's fun. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm just more concerned more often about myself. And it's like, if I can be comfortable and have all my needs met, then I'm free to check on people, to socialize, to make connections. But if I'm uncomfortable, I struggle to go out into those other instincts.
0: Okay. And mine is more, I have to take care of myself. So I have to focus on make sure I eat right and work out and all these things because it's it's way more of that like one duty thing. It's the, it's mm-hmm. the because that's what I'm supposed to do so that I can keep being so supportive to all the yes. people. Okay, yes. so that's why that's such a perfect example of how it's motivation, not behavior and all these different things we're bringing in.
1: Yes. You always want to go back to the question of why. Why? So anyone can be hot in the middle of the night and turn the heat down. That doesn't mean you're self-pressed. Right. But where is your focus going? And do you spiral out from those places? You know, you can just turn the heat down and the problem solved. I might spiral out from it. Like, what if I never cool off and I have to run outside and then I wake up everybody and then it's chaotic and then I can't go back to sleep and then I'm up all night and I have to work tomorrow
0: and it's, you know, six viral. Okay. Man, I just think this is so genuinely useful to have the the real world specifics. Because when we read this stuff in books, right, it's like, well, if I'm not a cop, and I'm not worried about such and thus. Like we just don't get the the really deep examples of what does this look like in real life. Okay. Yeah, the subtle and the modern examples. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. The social enforcer. That one hurts. That one hurts. Okay, Um, let's do it. Sexual. Okay. Oh, I do want to
1: say, I did this for self-press, so I'll just do it really quick for social. Mm-hmm. Um, the social corresponds to the head center for the adaptation instinct. And Naranjo says, the energy is in the tongue for oh. the social. Um, It is, I am my group. I must belong to survive. The fear is of not belonging. And the dichotomy is social or antisocial. So.
0: Okay. And the fear of not belonging is, I'm going to say, uh hard to access directly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, experience it that way it just shows up in everything I do
1: is there a different word that might be more because I I do mm, think yep, this can be it. this can be a barrier for people is that they hear these words and they go mm, that's not how I would say it but you can say it in your own words which is it. kind of where the
0: trifix will come in okay here it is yep I have to be a value Mm-hmm. To the group. There it is. I could burst into tears. That's how you know you found it for me yeah. anyway when it's like, uh, uh. yeah. And that's the subtype right there. It's the yeah. trifix and the instinct
1: coming together. I must provide value and structure to the group. Yep.
0: Hello, yep. life coach for sixes. I mean, I don't <laughs> know how much yeah. more obvious I could be. Okay. Moving on. Moving on
1: to sexual. Yeah. Okay, so the sexual six, traditionally, we've heard strength and beauty over and over, um, provocative, daredevil, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to present a slightly alternate view of the sexual six. Um, I While they can be those things, um, and strength and beauty is important. It is the highlight I think what people are looking for is someone, you know, they think that's on a motorcycle, kicking doors down, refusing to participate in anything. And that's not really what we're looking at. We're looking at someone that is um, very alluring on the outside, even if they're not traditionally attractive. Right. So I would use someone like... um, I think his name is Jeremy Allen White, is that right? The guy that's in Um he's like the actor in that show The Bear about I've the chef. Seen
0: it? Oh, everyone keeps telling me to watch that show.
1: Oh, you have to watch yeah. it. It's so good. Okay, I've heard that. Um he
0: feels to me
1: like a sexual six. Okay. So everybody kind of jokes around that he looks like Willy Wonka, like that's the thing. Okay. Um he looks just like the actor um Gene Wilder, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they They're have a similar
0: face. The hottest guy on the planet.
1: Right. Right. But, I mean, women, I mean, they love it. Okay. They love it. They show up for Jeremy Allen White. They're like, yes, honey. <laughs> and he has, I mean, he has a great physique. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I sound 80. I'm like, nice physique. <laughs> um, we're to shredded, get PG. Shredded bod, basically, is what we're talking about. Um, But he has that kind of, it's like a James Dean quality, Mm -hmm. like an angsty artist, poet that suffers, but is like still somehow able to like be likable and and fit in and do the things that everyone else does. Okay. And that's the sexual six. So they might seem kind of blustery. Um, If they don't know you, they can kind of have a tough overlay. But really what happens is when they get into relationships, they're just almost like putty in your hands. Yeah. They want to both dissolve into the relationship, but then also because the six has the fear of submission, they can't they can't let themselves. So it's kind of a back and forth.
0: Mm. Okay. So what happens when sexual six has relationship trouble?
1: Typically, they become hyper-focused on the relationship and on the partner. And anything that happens that makes them feel like they're going to lose that connection or like something is off, like the other person isn't as connected to me as they were, what happened? Then they can become provocative and they can start fights Mm. or they can constantly be asking questions about the relationship or like where are you, what's going on, because that's where their anxiety is, Mm -hmm. is in their relationship. Now an important point here is that many self-pressed sixes think they're sexual because of this. Here's the distinction. The self-pressed six, if they're honest, is using the relationship for security. The sexual gets security from having the intensity in the relationship, which can be insecure. They can have constant fighting. That's part of, that can be part of the sexual instinct. That tension still feeds the instinct because if you're fighting with me, you're in connection with me. For the self-press, the fighting is destabilizing. Okay.
0: My husband and I think both are sexual middle Mm-hmm. So we'll like flare and get that intensity met. But then it's mm-hmm. like, gone, yeah, like we'll have these, like, my daughters always like, "Are you guys fighting?" And we're like, <laughs> no, but it's all like spicy, yeah, but but we don't stay there, yeah. So that's i if I'm tracking what you're saying, there's an example of that particular instinct being balanced. It doesn't like take over in any way. But it's certainly, Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. Spicy. It bubbles up. Yeah. We yeah. love like deep conversations and blah, blah. like it's like the heart of things, but it's, it's in balance. So, okay. This is so interesting. I, f- I feel like what you said is so powerful. And so I want people to either listen to that bit again or let's just flesh it out a little bit if we can. Okay. So if I'm self-pres, then the relationship. Is giving me security. Mm-hmm. So say more about that. Say what you mean by that. So
1: if you're self-pres and you feel like your relationship is your thing, um, and I can say from experience, relationships have always been very important for me. I am sexual second. Yep. So that does come into play. But the relationship gives you security so you're not seeking and look at the type of person you're seeking as well to give you a hint um sexuals are looking for attraction that spark Mm -hmm. um self-pressed types are looking for someone that is rational or grounded or stable there's something about the person that feels like it's something someone you can count on and That's great if you're sexual, but that's like a bonus. But what they're really looking for is that fire. They want to feel it, you know, and they don't want it to wear off. And the self-press is able to have the energy come down. They want things to be grounded. Mm. The sexual wants the intensity. It's high energy. It's, It's bubbling up of energy. And so it's just a different... Mechanism for their relationship. The self-press is like, I want to get cozy and create a home and a family and feel comfortable and like I can count on something. And the self, the sexual is like, you know, I want something exciting. I want to feel myself through the other person. I want the energy. I want the spark, the intensity um and then there's like a power struggle too it's like a a, a dominant and submissive kind of power struggle it doesn't have to get creepy you know
0: doesn't have to get weird it's just you know power dynamics so like when you were just describing when you said self press once and you said comfortable cozy like i literally felt like a repellent like like when you, oh especially when you said i want to create a home my body is just like and then when you flipped to, you know, sexual wants like the spark and to find themselves, it's like my whole being was like, yeah. So it's just very interesting, too. As you listen, I mean, I'm just very attuned with my um, somatic experience. Like, Yes. Yeah. So as you listen, just notice. Like when the words are coming out, like what do you feel? you feel that kind of like, ooh, scared, ooh, or like, yeah, you know, what is the, just what's your body doing basically as you listen, I think is so useful.
1: Thank you for saying that. Um, That is like one of my number one rules when I teach people like typing or during certification, we talk a lot about the energy of the types and the instincts. Naranjo specifically told people this is experiential Yes. You you cannot just say, okay, I have A, B, C, D, let me check them off the list. That's self-press three. No, you have to experience the energy of the type. How do you feel in response to the other person? What energies and somatic senses are coming
0: up? And that helps
1: so much more with typing than trying to track behaviors.
0: And it's tricky. It's a trap for sixes because we want to understand everything. We can be actually getting something at a somatic level. And then as soon as our brain is like, but I have to understand it, it gets totally Mm -hmm. distorted and messy, especially as it goes through the fixation of doubt. Yes.
1: And the more you, I think the more you work, With the Enneagram, there is always that period of like, I have to know everything. But then at a certain point, you realize it's not as helpful as just trusting the experience that you have and then kind of putting the pieces together of like, okay, I see this and this and this. Maybe it's this. And that's usually more accurate than trying to draw from
0: direct knowledge. Which takes time and experience and Okay, so I want to hang out in talking about, like, being across from someone with these different instincts. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of mainly my coaching just because I've obviously worked with sexist for so long. The feeling, I think, I think the feeling of being across from a sexual type is that they want that intensity even in the coaching dynamic? Mm-hmm. It they so that can look like a, a big devil's advocate, um, piece. Like, what? there's just there's just this like I don't know how to say it, but there's there's a grab for intensity is how it feels. That mm-hmm. then is just in the room. So, because yeah. feels very different, and I think I tend to offer intensity to that situation, and I've learned to like not do that because that's weird. Um, is this tracking at all with the words I'm saying to you?
1: Yes. Okay. It and it does vary. I mean, you work with sixes, yep. so that's going to be very specific. Whereas yep. with other types, it might go a little differently. Totally.
0: Okay. So staying with six, social, how does that, I'm trying to think how that feels. I don't know. It's a little more
1: all over the place. So the way I describe the energies yeah, yeah. Um, and as they have been described, it's not just me. I'm like the way I define the instincts. I like it. So the self-press has um, a conserving of energy they're holding back a little bit maybe there's a wall there yep um there's a grounded kind of solid feeling it can be heavy somber um or serious even yep the social energy is bubbling so it's kind of split in two different directions um it can be scattered at times what? No. Um, it, it can be serious or silly. Um, but typically the social wants the energy to stay up. So at times it can come off superficial if people don't understand that the social is trying to get an overview. They don't want your whole life story. Hi, how are you? Oh gosh, so good. <laughs> they just want overview. It's like, give me the bullet points. Let's move on. Bottom line it. Yeah. (laughs) Bottom line it. Yeah. Just give me the, give me the thesis. Um, And it's a cooperative energy. So it's more either working together or opposing Mm. um, if, if there's something to oppose. But that doesn't come out right at first like it's not like hi nice to meet you I'm opposing you um <laughs> they'd have to be suspicious or have some reason to feel
0: like doing that because the desire is for the cooperative yes collaborative that's safer yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean a, a negative social could be more uh, provocative um, if they came into a situation thinking like, you know, people want me to do this and I'm not going to give
0: it to them. And which my family, my like extended family gets more of that from me, but it's because I'm safe there. Yes. Like I am not the, I am not the social media person. That's like sharing my views on things. Like I just do not generally go there. Um, but in my larger family of not family origin, whatever, my in-laws, all those folks, they get that very opposey uh, because it's we're safe and it's fun. And I think it's interesting because I want like interesting conversation in the group. I do not want us all to just be like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, let's add a little button. So that's your counterphobia right there. There it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're okay. feeling comfortable. And so you're like, hey, let's uh, press
0: a few buttons. See what happens. Right. And like in our developing friendship, right? It's got it, we want it's like a little spark. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But the, like the the foundation has to be there first. I don't yes. go in throwing bombs ever. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? That's-
1: and I would also argue that's your sexual second, that playful kind of yes. energy that comes in. Um yes. I notice that with mine as well. well. Like I do have the self-pres kind of grounded, like I'm like, okay, let's be practical. Let's keep it reasonable. But then
0: right I'm behind like, it. yeah, let's play. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Where do we end up there? I totally took over that one again as I'm doing.
1: I do feel like I need to do my little thing for the sexual. Do Just it. In yeah. case they're they're sitting there like, she didn't do it. Yeah. Um. So the sexual corresponds to the heart center or the relation instinct. And Naranjo says the energy is in the genitals. So Fair,
0: fine.
1: Genitals on your podcast. We can
0: talk about genitals. We're adults here. <laughs> um the
1: statement is I am my intimate relationships and I must have a mate to survive. The fear is undesirability. And the dichotomy would
0: be abstinence or promiscuity. Okay, that's where I get confused because that like relates every word of that. I'm like, yes. Well, we would have to know more. Okay. We might have to ask, talk about this sometime. Ask me a question. Okay, maybe we can talk about it offline. Because I, that is why I'm like, yes, I feel the social. I get it. I'm understanding it. It's for sure the thing. But then you say that, and I'm like, mm. also 100% yes.
1: Which part of it resonated the most? Okay, read it again. Um, I am my intimate relationships. Yes. I must have a mate to survive. Yes. Which could be confused with self-press, the way it's phrased. Okay. Um, the fear is undesirability. Yes.
0: In now, what, I might be misconstruing that. Yeah, say what it means for you. It's fair. Well, and this is also just so human, right? Like, I'm 47 years old. Um, it's really scary to be out here as a woman, um, what if my husband did die? I mean, of course I think about these things. Would I be able to attract a mate? You know, I've got two kids. Like this is gross, but this is just, I mean, it's just brains. Um, so I I think about that sometimes, right? Would I better make sure that I keep myself a certain way. So that, you know, I gotta have that backup plan, which has got to be who I am. Yes. Okay. And that's your sexual second. Okay. But the fact that it's not first means I think about it sometimes and it doesn't consume.
1: Yes, because the sexual always has to be desirable, even if they have a mate. So you are not off duty. You're not off duty because Um, you have a mate. Now that doesn't mean that sexuals are cheaters or philanderers or any of that. Um, but they don't feel safe if they mm-hmm. they can't just go somewhere and feel like they could attract
0: someone right there. Okay, they gotta, that's they gotta so have good. It. It's what you said earlier. The instinct will kind of spin up, but then it will relax when it's in unbound yes. or in the middle position usually or whatever. So yes, I relate to all that, but it doesn't consume me. It did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But something else I've heard you say, which I also love because it's so human, is sometimes these things get more attention in different phases of our lives. Absolutely. So like, if something did happen to Bob, you can believe that instinct is probably going to get twisty. Yes. And that is the unbound instinct. Uh-huh. So it could be a correct or a useful manifestation yes. at a proper time. Yes. So when we're in school,
1: we always are, all of us are very aware of in-group, out-group, popularity hierarchy, who's cool, who's not, but we're not all social. Why are we aware of that? Because it's the stage of life we're in. We're mm-hmm. we're growing up with peers and we're figuring out who we are and where we fit. And then I have teenagers and people in college try to tell me they're sexual. And I'm like, why don't you wait till you're like at least 25? Because this is a phase of life. So people often will say, well, when I was 20, you know, my intimate relationships would keep me up at nine. And it's like, yeah, but that's the phase of life you were in. So you have to see what's persistent throughout all of those phases. What is it that still catches your focus?
0: That is so helpful. Sometimes when you say these things, I just, I'm just like, let's just let all that land. It's so (laughs) incredibly helpful and useful. It's Enneagram yoga. Enneagram yoga is so satisfying because it's fluid and it's human and it makes sense as opposed to some of these other ways of looking at this that I'm like, so we're just all screwed basically. (laughs) And I, it just, yeah, drives me nuts. Okay. Yes. I love that. Do we feel like we did it? I think we gave a good
1: We I mean, cast so a just going.
0: Up. I mean, I'm so thankful for your organization cuz I'm just in it with you. I'm mean, like as the host, I'm the worst podcast host ever cuz I'm just like You're amazing dive in and
1: swim around. Okay. No, you're you're great at this. Like sometimes
0: I'm like, "Wait, what was I saying?" and you like always bring it back. Oh, good. Okay. We're a good team. We're a good yeah. team. Yeah. Okay, so what is your immature one? Mine is social. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more, please. What's that like for you?
1: Um, you know, I think when I first discovered the Enneagram, I thought I was social because I felt so upset in the social sphere so often. Okay. Um, and over time I realized if I'm not doing it, I don't think about it. So it's, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind for me. Like, I don't think about groups or gatherings, or I don't really care where I fit into things hierarchically. Oh, I that's mean, so interesting. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, that stuff. Um, but then when I am in a situation that requires this skill, that's when a lot of my insecurities come up, and I'm just a neurotic mess. I overanalyze mm-hmm. everything I say and do. I'm like, people don't like me. I did everything wrong. It feels weird. And I just want to like go back and get in bed and hide, wait it
0: okay. out. And you don't think about how could I do that better? Like, do you how, do you work on it or do you just notice it? I have had to work on it over time. Um, okay.
1: I also, I run a nonprofit on the side. Mm-hmm. And it requires me to do a lot of social, air quotes, um, sphere things. And so that has helped me and required me to work on it a lot more. But I still, you know, it's hard to like think about what the community thinks and what they want. I'm like, what? That's
0: so interesting. Okay, if you are at the grocery store... Or getting coffee or whatever. Do you make polite chit-chat with the person checking you out in either? Very rarely. (laughs) Okay. I couldn't imagine not. Like, I could not imagine not, okay. I can't. um, Unless something about them just speaks
1: to me. Or maybe if I feel like they're sad or disgruntled, I might make a joke to cut the tension.
0: Um, I'm more worried about your feelings. Yeah. You might cut it. Yes. Okay. That's so interesting. I'm trying to think of other little examples. Um, okay. I can't think of any. That's the only one. I'm but,
1: also very introverted. So I mean, that that comes into it as well. Um,
0: but and yeah, you could I do be an introverted or extroverted SP. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes so many things come into it. I know. It's crazy. Okay. I th- I think we're going to land the plane. Okay. So much fun. I get so much from these conversations personally. They're so fun. And I also just think it's so valuable to hear people really talking this stuff through instead of just staying in the theory of it. So I just so value you being here and doing this. It's so fun. I love
1: talking to you. It's always a delight. And I can't wait for our next
0: flight. <laughs> I was going to say, um, if you all, you can all send me messages, like things, details about the Enneagram and Six or whatever that you would love Aaron and I to flesh out or talk about, send, send me those ideas and we will do episodes about all the things. Yeah.
1: There's so many things that we haven't said. Oh I'm like... Gosh. That's what's going to keep me up tonight. I'm going to think about like all the things I didn't say. And I'm like, someone out there is going to be like, well, great.
0: I'm not social. Right. Totally. Do not, do not consider this excellent primer, the uh, be all end all. Hopefully, and I might even say this when I do the intro, really noticing your sense of things, how yeah. things felt to have us talk about Rather than, and I know this is a big ask, going to your mind to suss it out and understand. And listening to your content.
1: If you still don't know your instinct, start even like journal, make a note on your phone, just kind of look at what is it that I'm focused on Mm -hmm. all day, even when I don't want to be.
0: Okay. That's so good. Um, This was amazing. Thank you. We'll we'll be back soon. Bye, everybody. Okay, there you have it. A whole bunch of information. And hopefully we were able to convey some of the energy behind the different instinctual drives and what they can look like and also how they can feel. As we talked about, you want to know, you want to get your sense, your feeling of these things. This was super fun to do and that's it. That's all I got. I'll talk to you all soon.